Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Very pleased to have joining us on the program today, Myra Adams. She writes about politics and religion for a number of different publications. She's uh, definitely with uh, Real Clear Politics. She's a contributor there, has served uh, in many different roles uh, in politics and policy, and uh, is writing today about something that is near and dear to our hearts on this show. Uh, and I love the headline. This was a piece that was in The Hill uh, talking about what no one is going to talk about during the elections. And uh, Myra, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, we hear the candidates uh, from across the spectrum talking about all kinds of issues and what are going to be the the big topics that we need to discuss as a nation. Uh, And I think you've hit on one that nobody is going to talk about. Uh, Tell us what it is and why they're not going to touch it. Well, it has to do with our mounting national debt, which currently is at a number that most Americans couldn't even write out. It's $30.4 trillion. And I explain what that means. It's a calculation that if you had $30,000 billion, that would equal $30 trillion. Thank you for that math lesson, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's a scary number, and people just don't, don't even understand how big it is and how it is mounting. And the scariest part about it is it's projected by the year 2026, only four years from now, that the national debt will now will be $41 trillion. So we have a problem in our country, and our, our elected leaders don't want to talk about it because yeah. it means they either have to raise taxes or cut spending. And you know politicians don't like to do either. <laughs> That's exactly right. And uh, uh, we always say on this program that you can't get $30 trillion in debt uh, through conflict. We always complain about conflict between the the parties and uh, things that happen in Congress. But uh, I'm convinced the only way to get $30 trillion in debt is through collusion. Uh, and it seems to me that both sides have been uh, spending pretty recklessly. Uh, you, you actually outlined what that would mean individually. And I love your idea that uh, taxpayers ought to be sent a, uh, a statement with with their share of that or what that really means. Break that down for us. Well, when you take um, $30 trillion, and if you go to what, it's just an amazing site, I call it the ticking time bomb of doom. It's called the usdebtclock.org. And you will see ticking away all the numbers that are discussed here and many, many more. But what I suggest is because Americans really don't 
even hear about the debt that much or couldn't even write out the number that uh, our government considers sending every taxpaying American, which is only 43% of Americans, that they send every one of those 43% of Americans a monthly credit card statement. I don't like what we get our Visa and MasterCard every month and we look at the amount that is due. Well, in this case, what would be due is that $30 trillion, but but it is spelled out. And of course, it's 14 digits long. So, and that, of course, grows by the second. And the other thing that's interesting is they also, the debt clock also breaks it down to what we call just citizens. They take the total number of citizens divided by the debt. And those citizens and citizens in general, we would have a debt share of $91,000 as opposed to the taxpayer's share is $242,000. So the taxpayers are really, you know, saddled with this debt because you think about it, only 43% of Americans pay paid some federal income tax in 2021. And that itself is worth <laughs> discussing and writing about. <laughs> No question. And uh, when you really think about it, if you think only you know less than half of Americans actually pay anything in taxes, so 43%, as you said. Uh, so for those taxpayers, uh, that'd be 242000 plus. Uh, and even just uh, you think of uh, a brand new baby born today would have a bill for 91000 uh, That doesn't seem like a, a very nice uh, welcome to the world uh, kind of gift there. Uh, the, the other thing that you go yeah. on to, to talk about in your in your piece that I think is so important is I think it's the piece that we never really talk about, uh, and that is just how in the world we actually pay for this. And you you compare in terms of the the total debt where we've been in the past uh, compared to GDP in terms of what we're actually producing, and those are the numbers that really scare me. Yes, they should scare every American because, um, again, Americans aren't used to hearing about this because our, our political leaders don't want to talk about and Americans in general don't really even understand economics. So as a result, you have all this reckless spending that has gone on. I, I really go back to the beginning of the 21st century. But the number that, that I think you bring up that I think most of your listeners should really be aware of is what is the federal debt to the GDP ratio. Of course, GDP means gross domestic product. The total number of goods and services produced in this country is called the GDP. So if you take that federal debt to the GDP ratio, what it means right now is it's 129%. Our federal debt is $30.4 trillion. The GDP is $23.6 trillion. So we are in debt more than what our nation totally produces every year. <laughs> so that debt ratio, it, it, put it in these terms, I had an, an economic expert uh, quoted in my piece from the American Enterprise Institute, and he said that our debt to GDP ratio is now higher than it was at the end of the Second World War. So wrap your arms around that fact. Yeah, that is uh, so stunning. And uh, if you look at that uh, historically, countries that get into that range uh, where the the debt to GDP ratio is so uh, out of whack uh, that that the uh, the endings are not real pleasant. You think of uh, Venezuela and and Greece, just as recent examples, uh, and and just being able to catch up with that. Uh, 
uh, is either going to take some real draconian moves or uh, a lot of printing of money. And, of course, both of those things end up hurting the, the poor and the most vulnerable the most. Yes, that's exactly right. Now, there is um, the, congressional off- the con- Congressional Budget Office called the CBO that they put out a report in April that I link to in my piece. And they call it, the title is The Economic Effects of Waiting to Stabilize the Federal Debt. Okay, that title alone is very ominous. Um, And what they're saying is perpetually rising debt would also increase the likelihood of a fiscal crisis into the United States. Okay, so you have the CBO, which is part of Congress, which is nonpartisan. Um, they are issuing warnings. Um, they particularly write about the debt-to-GGP ratio that they're saying is unsustainable over the long term because financing deficits and servicing the debt would consume an ever-growing portion of the nation's income. So if you're paying all your money in interest, which you do often, people who have large credit card debts, they basically are not paying any of the principal. They're basically just paying right. most of the interest. Right. That that leaves them less money to buy other things. And that same thing is going to happen in our country. The, the growing debt means we're going to have a growing interest on the debt. And as we know right now, interest rates are rising. So that means our country is going to have even more debt to, to have to pay on that $30.4 trillion, which will by probably another month will be you know, even higher because it just takes away. Look at that debt clock. It's it's just amazing. It just keeps spinning, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, well, it's a, it's a great piece in The Hill. And Myra Adams, we appreciate you joining us today. Great perspective there. And this is the thing that we should demand that our politicians, I don't care what persuasion they are, we have to have this conversation uh, because, as you mentioned, if that spending just keeps going, that interest rate goes up, and then suddenly you don't have any uh, funds available to spend for anything else. Uh, but as you say, I think uh, we're not hearing about it because it leads to a discussion about the two things politicians don't want to talk about, and that is reducing spending or raising taxes. But, uh, Myra, we appreciate you joining us on a Friday. Uh, great piece. Uh, we'll post that on our social media. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the old saying is true that uh, interest never slumbers nor sleeps, and it continues to ratchet its way up. But we've got to start having a different kind of conversation, a serious conversation, a realistic conversation about what needs to be done. A lot of that, I think, can be taken care of with waste, fraud, and abuse. We can change the spending patterns. Uh, But again, if you're part of the 43% of Americans who did pay some federal income tax, your share of the debt is 242 thousand dollars and every citizen you could put is on the hook for ninety one thousand uh that's a that's a lot of money we got to do better when it comes to our debt our future depends on it we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news uh when we come back much more on inside sources here on ksl news radio two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport there's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.